I'm I'm interested to hear why when we're actually doing the podcast instead of in pre-podcast. The only thing we're yes. allowed to do in pre-podcast is funny bits. Um, funny is the indicative term there. Uh... Hello and welcome to the 250, the podcast where our hands are a little dirty. I'm Douglas and with me as always is my co-host Jonathan. How are you, Jonathan? I'm good. I'm, it's, I watched this last night and I'm still kind of like buzzing a bit like... Oh, he's feeling it. Oh, yeah. He's he's got the oh, he's got the jitters. He's got the jitters. This is your first time. <laughs> this is your first time tuning into the two five zero. We have taken a snapshot of IMDb's top two hundred and fifty movies of all time as of January twenty twenty, and have begun watching them from number two hundred and fifty through to number one. In this podcast, we discuss our opinions, thoughts, and reactions to the movies within. Today's movie is a divergence from the list as we take a look at a film that we think should have ended up on the two fifty. Bonus snub number seven. Drive. The driver is a man with many jobs. A mechanic, a stuntman, and a getaway driver for robberies and petty burglary. After meeting his neighbour and a young son, the driver's cold life begins to look more hopeful. But his connection to the criminal world threatens to dash his hopes before they can come to reality. Drive was directed by Nicholas Winding Refn and was written by... uh, The screenplay was written by Hossein Amini and the original uh, source text... A uh, book was written by James Salas. Mm. Salas? Salas. Yeah. James Salas. I realized that there was a book about 45 minutes ago <laughs> while writing the documentary. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a mm. sequel as well called Driven, I think. Uh, Driven? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I feel like it didn't need a sequel. Kind of Driven 2, Electric Boogaloo. Kind, of <laughs> kind of a book vibe, unfortunately. But, mm. yeah. Mm. The book has a sequel, not the film. Yeah. Not the film. And I'd like to keep it that yes. way. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh-huh. It clears it off very, uh, very neatly. Jonathan has watched this film. I have not. Mm, this is my, this is my bonus pick for yep. the week. Character Mundo. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I've been hassling you about this one for a while. That's the nice thing you about this been. podcast. I, I, I was watching a lot of films, I don't know, maybe a year ago and I was trying to hassle people into watching them I'd be like check out this cool thing I just checked out you know oh have you watched Pulp Fiction I'm such a cinephile um, <laughs> and I watched Drive and I fucking adored it and I haven't I, I, I like I'm not convinced I've got anyone else to watch this film until Douglas because he's my little captive audience that's me mm. I, I'm i literally unless I don't want to be on the podcast then I have to watch this fucking film <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think of it it's Good. Okay. It's definitely not... You set a very high bar for it, and I don't think it quite reached that bar for me. But again, I think that's just for me. There's a lot of things in this film that irritate me, and I will cover them, and you might be able to uh, give me a rebuttal. Um, But, yeah, it's a very interesting crime thriller flick like it mm. does a lot of stuff that i was not anticipating it to do um it takes things in a very unique uh direction a lot of the the fucking cast is superb i will say that yeah um right well uh, you know a majority of the cast there is one member in the cast who i don't i'm not particularly fond <laughs> of um but uh fucking can't go wrong with brian cranston fucking yeah I'm, he's amazing consistently in awe of that man since Breaking Bad. Um, I've 
I chewed up Breaking Bad over the span of about three weeks, like the entirety of Breaking Bad, purely because of Brian Cranston's performance and mm. um, uh, Aaron Paul, Jesse Pinkman as well. Um, anyone who hasn't seen Breaking Bad, fucking do it. It's You are doing yourself a disservice not to fucking watch that TV series. It is... You will go through it so fast because it is that, like... You just want to keep on watching it. You want to see what happens next. It's, yeah, really fucking good writing. Um, and Brian Cranston carries the his acting skills like a fucking heavyweight champion. He is, yeah, insane in front of a camera. He doesn't spend loads of time on screen. He spends, no, a, he spends a fair bit, but, but he's just got so much character to him. He, mm. uh, before, like, as soon as you meet him, you kind of start to un- understand his, like, background immediately before it's kind of explained to you. Um, his relationship with, uh, the driver is so like cute, like just nice. Uh, Mm. and, and there's like some, you know, some of the tenser scenes later on, the way he reacts to them is like very unique and it says a lot about he's, he's pretty close to flawless. I think, uh, as far as acting goes. I would say so. Totally. Um, Um, I will say it's not. Uh, Brian Cranston isn't playing Heisenberg no. or Walter White in this. No, he God, is no. so far removed from his Walter White persona, which is fucking... I have even more praise for the man because he is that versatile that he doesn't just go, you know, oh, I only do, like, Walter White villainy-type characters. Mm. That's all I do. He's not a one-trick pony. Because he's very good at that. He's extremely good at being intimidating and being... Um, uh, presence in front of the camera, but he is a completely different presence in this film. Um, and yeah, uh, it's so good to see. Uh, uh, Gosling, Os- fucking oh, Gosling. Sorry, no, go ahead. <laughs> uh, gorgeous baby boy. Um, I uh, I wasn't expecting to like him in this, but I do that with every single one of f- the films that Gosling is in. <laughs> every single time I see Gosling, like you know front billing in like a film I go I'm probably gonna hate him in this and then I watch it and I go you know what you weren't that bad <laughs> you're actually quite good <laughs> um he's he plays the kind of patented Ryan Gosling strong silent type character mm. which is fine I think he does mm. obviously in Blade Runner that's like entirely excusable because like he's an android or like synthetic human and that's kind of just yeah exactly how it's supposed to be played I think it's mm the character that is kind of crafted for him to act like that is really good. And I think within those mm. bounds, he acts really well as well. It means that yep. means that when he's expressive, it really, really shines, which is fucking sweet. Totally. Uh, no problem. I think John, John wrote down in our little notes here, uh, people would know Ryan Gosling for films such as Notebook, uh, La La Land... And the notebook and um, also the notebook. <laughs> I actually fucked up and then I just added more notebooks to fuck with Douglas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, so I was like, is there any particular reason that do you, do you really like him in the notebook? Like, what's the deal? I've never even watched it. I've never actually fucking watched the oh notebook. Oh my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> Makes it even better. But I think it was like his big, his biggest one kind of prior to this. And I mean, Sure, that was like, I think, yeah, Notebook was like his breakthrough Mm. film, I'm Mm. pretty sure. Um, I will say I prefer him in La La Land over this, um, and I prefer 
him in Blade Runner over La La Land. So, right. um, oh, and also uh, then the nice guys. The nice guys has got a slot in somewhere there too. Uh, probably, okay, Drive, bottom. Then, uh, ooh, La La Land. <laughs> uh-huh. Then the nice guys, then uh-huh. Blade Runner. Yep. There we go. Have but you seen the nice guys? I haven't. I ooh. I don't think I have. Yeah, it's been on my list. I yeah, put yeah. that on the snubs. I still didn't dislike his character. Like like I said, I I've got a lot of time for it in this. Um, mm. It's it's a little weird, but I think the 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 film um, isn't trying to be as like blatantly realistic as it's kind of made out to be. Kind of appears immediately. So I think, I think it the film does service to Gosling's character in a way that makes him make sense within the context of the film. Mm. And though I do disagree with parts of how he is portrayed, like I think it's kind of shitty creative... I mean, again, whatever. You do what you want, fucking Hossein Amini, James Silas, Winding Refn, you you boys bloody live your life. But for me, uh, there were some parts of Gosling's character that it didn't quite uh, sit right. But we will get to that. In the spoilers. Hmm. Continuing to talk about the cast, Kerry Mulligan. Um, uh, hot take, I absolutely fucking hate her. <laughs> <laughs> really? She is the... Actually, no, she's not the worst thing about this film. There's one other person who is the worst thing about this film. But she is just above uh, uh, the the trash margin. <laughs> um, she has a couple of scenes where I'm like, okay, I'm seeing the acting flair kind of come through. You're doing all right, babes. But... It okay, so Kerry Mulligan is known for, as Jonathan has once again written down in our little document here, a shit ton of TV, mm-hmm. uh, Never Let Me Go, and then I added in The Great Gatsby. Oh, who's she playing The Great Gatsby? Um, she's fucking Daisy Buchanan oh. in The Great Gatsby. Oh. And it feels like she's just playing Daisy in this film. Like, the, the, the character traits and, like, how she presents herself it's been a while since i've seen gatsby but it feels very similar and i don't like daisy at all in the great gatsby i don't like carrie mulligan's performance in that and i equally don't like it in this so uh again i'll have more to go into that in the spoilers but what did you think of carrie it's it's been so long since i watched the great gatsby that i have no connection here i i don't recall that how that character was performed at all um i think she was almost like almost almost like a bit of a, a bit of a mandy character almost like a couple steps up but she was like pretty um, my my opinion on it was it's neither here nor there she i didn't find her offensively bad or anything it wasn't sure. a, it wasn't a the the best performance in the film but i wasn't sitting there mm. kind of unhappy about her or anything mm. um yeah no i thought she was fine and i don't <laughs> Uh, I don't necessarily think it's her fault either. Mm-hmm. I think she can be quite good. It's just that the way that this character is presented, the way that the direction went, it doesn't quite line up for her, I think. Mm. Um, hot take, maybe. I don't know. Um, Albert Brooks playing Bernie Rose. Fucking wow! I loved him. Yeah, I loved him. <laughs> he was sick. He was awesome. Mm. Um I don't think I've actually seen um, Albert Brooks in anything else besides... I mean, I haven't seen him, but obviously heard him in um, oh, Finding yes. Nemo. He plays um, Merlin? Marlin? Marlin. Merlin? Marlin. Marlin? Marlin. Is it Marlin? Marlin. 
It is Marlon. Everyone's named after different fish, I'm pretty sure. Yes, correct. And apparently he's in the uh, OG uh, Taxi Driver as well. Yes. The Scorsese Taxi Driver, which is... Um, I haven't seen. Yeah, but, I, haven't, uh, I haven't watched that. It seems like an interesting link. Um, I wish I did uh, know about it to see if there was like any inspiration there. Is there, or... is there a connection between Taxi Driver and Drive? New. I'm assuming so. New. Oh, okay. Hmm. Not as far as I'm aware. <laughs> right, okay. I think it would have um, well, come yeah, up in I my research if it was, yeah. Yeah, I didn't find anything in any of my research either. Um, but uh, yeah, he's, he's really good. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed his performance a lot. He he brings a great level of uh, sinister vibes that a certain other actor really does not. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, he fucking he delivers. It's I think really I good. see. I think I see where you're going with this. Um, you're, you're finding the common thread. <laughs> I think I think I was. I had an assumption, but yeah, I, I the antagonists <laughs> in this film are all um, uh, motivation wise. I I love them. I love the way they were written. Totally. Um, yeah. There's like. Yeah, they're just these brutal dudes, and and the reason that they do these brutal things is very, very obvious and very well explained. Mm. You're not just like these mm. are just cartoon character evil guys. They're like, oh, they're just, you know, I don't even want to spoil that, but they're yeah, they're just they yeah. they have their own problems and they're doing bad things to cover their own problems. Yeah, um, Oscar Isaac. We're we're just talking about the fucking characters now, but the, the actors now, but that's okay. Um, yeah. Oscar no, Isaac. I'm, vib- I'm vibing that. That's good. Um, I watched. I first watched this before um, Force Awakens, the Star Wars trilogy. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And cu- and coming back to it and going, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's Oscar right? Isaac. Oh shit. Yeah. That's tight. As soon as he pops up, I was like, wait a second, Pilot Boy, because <laughs> mm. I cannot remember his fucking character's name in the Star Wars trilogy for the life of me. Mm. But uh, I was just like, that's Pilot Boy. I'm pretty sure. And then. Do a little quick googly Google, and then lo and behold, yeah, it's him. Um, he fucking rocks in this. Yeah, yeah, I really like him. He's so good. Like he's so incredibly grounded in his character. Exactly. Well, um, we'll, we'll talk about that a bit more. But I've got some, I got some points yeah. that I want to discuss on him. Yeah. Also, uh, cool name. Oh, yeah, cool names all around for all the characters. <laughs> fucking standard. What a sick name. Yeah. Apparently, it is a real name. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, I guess like not Stan? very common. Not very common. Uh, fucking just call him Stan for short. The yeah. line, the line where it's like uh-huh. I introduced myself as Standard, and she asked if there was a deluxe, <laughs> deluxe <laughs> version. Like, wonderful. Wow, <laughs> uh, bellissimo. Yeah, you don't spend. Oh, actually, I don't want to say that. Uh, I'm not going to yeah, say okay. anything more about that mm-hmm. character, but uh-huh. I, uh-huh. I liked him. He he wasn't, um, he wasn't a standout for me, but he was pretty good. He, yeah. Once yeah. again, not offensive. Totally. I think. Um, mm-hmm. I think my general opinion of this is higher than yours. I, I came into yes. this going, I'm wondering, because this is like when I was really getting into film, this is one of the first ones that I sat down and kind of watched just unbidden. Right. And and like it fucking blew me away. And I slightly like somewhat expected to go into this and go, oh, it's fine. Or, you know, think I talked it up, but I enjoyed the whole thing. I uh, don't have loads of negative stuff to say, which is, probably good that you do so we can actually get some discussion going <laughs> we get a bit of a, <laughs> a debate which rarely happens on the 250 mm. because most of the time we're both just sitting here with our fucking thumbs up our asses going oh good movie <laughs> i remember saying like maybe 15 episodes ago that we have to get more negative to to you know get some more we need to be conversation. we need to be more cynical we need mm. to be like um who is it fucking uh, you know the bbc power couple of oh no. no 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 bbc power couple of films you know the um, um, oh, fuck! I what are they called? About. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 lady and the dude, and he's like, I I disagree with you, Nigel. I think that <laughs> I think the cinematography was actually quite superb. And then he goes, Well, well, well Teresa, I think you're a fuckhead. <laughs> I'm leaving you. <laughs> Is it the film review? Is that the show? The film review. I have no idea. I can't fucking remember what they're called. While you're searching this up, um, Ron Perlman. The worst thing about this film. <laughs> Unquestionably, I hate him in every single aspect. Everything about his character, literally every scene he's in, is just the worst. It sucks, and it brings down the film so much for me. I think his character was, in a lot of scenes, not as serious as it felt like he should have been. Should have been. Sure. But, sure. Um, yeah, it was interesting. It was kind of giving off this... Uh, unprofessional fake gangster vibe mm. which you sort of get explained because it it's implied he has like a connection to the like the new york like the east coast mob and stuff yeah yeah uh, yeah he's but, a jewish guy who's trying to be like a gangster but yeah. and like i i get that but it just it didn't sit on perlman you know well, when you put it up against bernie rose um i i he, exactly. The, the yeah, contrast yeah. there is huge. Which you totally. could, I yeah. you could sort of defend, like you don't want your two antagonists to be exactly the same, and that gives you some nice counterplay between them as well. Yeah. yeah. So mm. I don't know. Mm. I can see. I can see why you would have complaints with him. He is a little odd. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For lack of a better um, phrase. Term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um. But uh, yeah, I think we've 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 rambled on for long enough. I think have we probably not? yeah. I I I feel like the the standouts with this is actually not at all the actors. I think it's the uh, the visuals, the yeah. camera direction, mm. the like use of lighting, uh, the music, mm. Uh, mm. hugely important. Um, mm-hmm. Just the general structure of the way that a lot of the scenes are kind of set up. Um, yeah. I think my my summary of this is that it's a very short, long film. It's a very short, slow film. It's only an hour and 40 minutes, uh, yep. but it feels much longer because it's very deliberate and it tells, you know, a pretty... It's not that simple of a story. There's a lot going on, but it's all very enclosed and tight. Um, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I still, I yeah. still fucking adore it. I still had an amazing time. Um, I had. So you could recommend this film. I'm gonna. This is a three Michelin star film for me. Wow! I, wow! I just like the way it gripped me was insane. I I think I started. I was just really jamming this in because I was really busy busy with other stuff yesterday. So I went okay. I I put. You know, I'd done a bunch of dinner prep and I put it in the oven and I went, okay, well, it's going to be done in 10 minutes. So, I'm going to watch the first 10 minutes of Drive, have dinner <laughs> and then finish it up just to like really slot it in there. And like yep. I, I, I had the shakes during dinner because I was so like uptight from the opening of it. It's it's great. It's great. I, I still unapolog- unapologetically adore this film and I would recommend it to For sure. anyone who can um, stomach the violence that's in it. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. yeah. There is a. Uh, it gets rather. Um, I would almost say it gets a little bit Tarantino-ish in like it's very overblown yeah. violence, um, grotesque in the way that uh, it 
it's still like I it pulled a similar reaction out of me as well. Every single kill that happens in this film made me tense up. Full body like, cringe. I felt my fucking stomach tense, my mm. arms tense. Like a lot. There's not too many films that can do that. So. I will give credit where credit is due and say that, yeah, that's fucking superb. Um, a lot, there is a generally a lot to love about this film. I think it's just the acting and the writing that really rubbed me the wrong way. Hmm. Um, and acting, writing, and direction that rubbed me the wrong way. And I think that uh, there could have been some better directions that they could have gone. Again, personal opinion. But, I yeah, I would still recommend this film. I think it's great. It is a it is a jolly good romp, and it just it does something fucking different, which is uh, it, with like a thriller heist kind of setting. It does something different, and I'm not like I can't. All of the the cons don't outweigh those pros in just how different it is. Mm. So yeah, yeah, I would still all of my faults and problems that I have with it aside, definitely go check out Drive. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, we are going to hop over to spoiler time. So we'll pop in that spoiler car rev. I think we've done that one before, actually. No, we haven't. No, 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 we we haven't. No, no. I was was envisioning in my head like a spoiler burnout. Like, you know, like the car, like starting off at the traffic light and it does the... And just goes like hooting off the other... That's the driver is a very uh, you know very precise driver. He he's, he's a very precise <laughs> character. He would never do a burnout. Okay, come <laughs> Just on. Do some doughies in a in a uh, uh, intersection. Um, okay, so do you want me to do you want me to head into some of my my faults just so we can get that out of the way? I, I reckon, like talking yeah. about negative stuff first, and then we mm. can get into uh, get into the more positive things. Um, and I think I can actually. There's okay, so. Letterboxd, we will get into further on in the podcast, but there is the one review on Letterboxd that I think perfectly sums up everything that I think about when I think about driver, a drive, 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 driver, drive. Taxi driver. <laughs> yeah. And what is wrong with the film? So if you'll allow me, I will now give a brief reading of Corey Pierce's one star review. One star. On Corey. Which is the highest rated uh, review of this film on Letterboxd. Holy shit. Page 38. Driver leaves his apartment to the noise of Desire's Under Your Spell, which has been nonsensically playing at Standard and Irene's party next door to the zombie joy of their guests. Driver looks to their door to see if perhaps the staff at Pitchfork had robbed the place and left their iTunes playlist behind. <laughs> Irene. Hey. We pause for four seconds as Irene must calibrate her emptiest gaze in an attempt to convey longing and match Driver's own highway speed emptiness disguised as longing. Driver, hi. We pause for five more seconds. Irene has clearly sensed a staring contest has begun. Driver puts on his best creep face to gain an advantage. Irene, sorry about the noise. Five more seconds pause as Driver (laughs) silently considers the horrors taking place in Sudan. Irene continues to stare, taking in Driver as masturbatory material for her evening's bath. Driver, I was going to call the cops. Four more full seconds pass as each tries to remember which opening dance sequence went with each season of The Cosby Show. Irene, I wish you would. 
Their life-changing exchange is interrupted by Standard, who will quiz Driver about the relationship with his wife, accepting answers such as yes and mm-hmm in place of an ass-kicking. That perfectly sums <laughs> up the film for me. That one scene, I, it, I wrote it down in my notes. It rubbed me the wrong way so fucking hard. Just the... The, okay, I get what they're trying to go with, right? The lack of dial. I'd like lean forward in my seat. This is getting me really. <laughs> I'm leaned back defensively, arms, yeah. <laughs> cr- arms crossed. I'm lifting my arms up so they're on frame of the camera so Douglas can see how nonplussed I am. Okay, so I get what they were going with. With this, this lack of dialogue is very prominent throughout the film, between mainly between Driver and Irene. Mm-hmm. There is a very large lack of dialogue and there's a lot of focus and intention on their expressions and how they're looking at each other and the general you know vibe of the moment Mm. but that's great but you need actors who can actually convey that much emotion through their expression and for me neither Gosling nor Mulligan can do that they Mulligan especially. She sucks at it. <laughs> I think you're probably onto something. I think um, uh, there's a reason why Ryan works for... What's what's his name? K um, something uh, in 2049 as an expressionless oh. creature. Um, yes. No, I, I think that's fair. I think he really shines in some of the other scenes where uh, his clearer expressions contrast... That thing. And I think in a scene like that where he's sort of trying to hide his emotions almost, Mm. I guess. But yes, I think think that's fair enough. I think that's why, yeah, the reason I don't like this film is because it focuses so much. You need to believe Irene and Driver. Like, Mm. you need to be able to believe those the scenes where just the two of them are together in a scene, and I could never believe it. When they're around other people, it works fine, because everyone talks at a normal fucking pace, except for Irene and Driver. Shannon talks normally. Fucking both of the baddies talk normally. Uh, Standard talks normally at a normal pace and doesn't leave these fucking pregnant pauses. But just Irene and Driver, whenever they see each other, they somehow forget how to fucking speak and pause for... I I timestamped it in, like, I looked at that review and I was like, surely it's not like a five second fucking pause. It is! It's literally like five or four seconds of them just staring at each other where there's no dialogue. <laughs> and maybe it's also my theatre acting brain, which is... It, if you are going to leave dead space or a dead stage, mm-hmm. you need to, like, especially if it's a dialogue scene, you need to make, like, a point of it or otherwise your audience is going to fall asleep. And maybe that's that technical side of my brain that's coming through that's, like, I see all this dead space and I just go, I'm fucking bored. Like, <laughs> I don't care. Like, I get on with it. I think so. I think... I think- I think you might be on something, yeah. I think, for me, the interactions they had that were a bit clearer before then kind of let me just fill in, in my own mind, what was sure basically supposed to be presented there. There's a lot of subtext happening, yes. I think. There's a lot of, like, Driver is thinking this, Irene is thinking this. And I still think those are very base concepts, but it... 
yeah, I don't know. It it did rub me the wrong way a lot. Hmm. Um, moving on from that, uh, the toothpick. Why exactly? Because it's cool. I don't fucking care. <laughs> like, it needs a reasoning other than him just being like, if uh, maybe he's got like some fucking tooth problem, and his dentist was like, "Oh, you're gonna have a toothpick with you all the time, so you can pick at your teeth." There needs to be reasoning. It can't just be because it's cool. I think there's um, a level of because uh, you see this further in as shit starts going sideways. He sort of loses composure, and that's communicated pretty visually. So he unravels totally. Yeah, basically, yeah. there's the scene bef- just directly before the elevator scene where his like collar is all skew and his hair is kind of a bit out, and he doesn't have the toothpick. I think the toothpick is very oh. much a he's in his element. He's chilled out, kind he's of thing. Focused. I think that's. I've always wondered about the chewing on a toothpick thing. Okay, uh, full disclosure, I did always think it was a cool thing as a kid, but I never understood. I think it's because it implies, like, it has the same implication of a cigarette. Yeah. And cigarettes are cool. So maybe it's, like, similar kind of deal, you know? I don't know. I bet you saying that, that does... Okay, that gives a little bit more credit to, like... Yeah, the toothpick is when he's 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 focused. He's using it as, like, a almost like chewing gum. Um, people use chewing gum to, like, uh, help themselves, like, focus and stay awake and alert and stuff like that. Um, I know that's something that a couple of my, um, friends do when they work, like, really long shifts or something at, like, really boring jobs is they chew chewing gum and that helps them, uh, to be doing something. So Mm. maybe, yeah, toothpick has a similar sort of deal. Fair enough. Um, I think my last real complaint, um, just glancing over my, my notes is, yeah, once again, I talked about it in the pre-spoilers, um, fucking Nino, Ron Perlman. I hearing him say Asian racial slurs off the top of the bat was surreal enough, but then um, just his character feels as you you did kind of defend him a little bit and kind of give the the implication that um, maybe uh, Bernie Rose. I think, I think is from like a structural of, point of view, I can defend him. I think the the character yeah. is neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah, the actual writing and then his presentation of the character, I don't agree with at all. Um, I think he's he he's obviously trying to do this, like you know, overblown uh, Jewish wanting to be Jewish guy wanting to be an Italian gangster, that mm. kind of vibe. But it just it doesn't sit well on Ron Perlman for me. Right? And there's I th- I think it's because Ron Perlman looks like a serious dude. And when you hear what comes out of his mouth and it's so fucking, like, just... It's almost childish mm. that I just kind of... I go, the, it's not matching up. This isn't, you know... It, him, everything him feels like, like it's clashing. He's supposed to be pretty fucking high off the the food chain, I guess. It's, it's very yeah. much implied. Like, he's not a top-level gangster, but he... You know, they fuck around with all kinds of shit. It is kind of mm. weird that... You see Bernie Rose in, like, clearly an extremely nice mansion. And you only ever see Nino in, like, this kind of crappy Italian restaurant. In the pizza, yeah, the pizza shop. That's very weird. I never thought about that too much. Mm. Um, Mm. But, yeah, no, I can can stand by that. I don't think it kind of bothered me enough. 
Um, but he's he's very obviously not the main attraction. It's Bernie Rose who is the main attraction, and Nino is the he's the side piece. He's the salad. Yeah, yeah. he kind of works as um, like Nino's dealings are why Bernie has to do the things that he has to do. Correct. But, you know, it's not really his machinations doing it at all, except for him wanting to steal the money from the the east coast gangsters at the yeah at the pawn shop uh which is good that it all kind of ties back together i think that was a very Mm. very good old shit moment when you realize that nino kind of was the instigator of standards demise death yeah yeah no i can Mm. i can understand that I think also um, his death scene was completely fucking uh, just milk toast. It it felt like it was building up to so much more, and then we just get a oh he drowns. I yeah. guess all right. Um, there's cool. I I saw some thinking online that he that the driver had kind of fallen into this kind of movie world thinking, and that's the whole like you know the the meaning of the song a real hero is that you know he wants to be the hero he wants to save irene uh so he really like goes into this persona he puts this mask on he you know stands menacingly on the cliff uh and then yeah. he just like you know basically menaces him into the ocean and drowns him um yeah uh interesting uh parallel with blade runner 2049 the <laughs> fighting oh. in the shore uh, and then drowning people but yeah um that's more just like a theory of that and i feel like it wasn't really super elaborated on you can you can piece those themes together but there's some more obvious stuff that so, so I, actually, do you know? Did you look up the story of the frog and the scorpion, or did you know that one? I did, and I've got some trivia on that as yeah. well, um, which I did like. Um, we, we'll, we'll go into that in the trivia if you like. Um, but uh, yeah, there's, as I said before, there's a lot of subtext going on for a lot of these characters, and it, there's almost not enough time really in this sixty fucking what is it? It's just under an hour and a half. It is uh, 140. No, no, no. Just over, yeah. just 140, over 140. Yep. Um, there's a lot of shit to get in in that period of time. And especially when you're leaving fucking five-second chunks of silence <laughs> left, right, and center. Um, but, yeah, ugh, I, I get it, you know? It just, <laughs> it just doesn't sit right for me. Um, That's okay. Yeah, I think the, 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 the kind of scorpion connection there, the idea that... Um, it's in his nature to hurt people around him is a much more interesting theme and then kind of a redemption at the end. Uh, yeah. Wrapping that character together makes more sense and is nicer uh, than this kind of idea that he's really fallen into that. That's harder for you to, to stick with. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. It, was, it was weird. Uh, mm. And I think that scene... I think I just kind of let myself gloss over that one when I right, watched it. Yeah. I think you might be onto mm. something. Mm. Mm. Um, well, uh, tying back up to the top of the film, you were saying the first 10 minutes got you so fucking uh, twitchy. I completely agree. The, the I think 
it has a very strong opening and the opening really sets the bar for what the rest of the film is about. It, it is so incredibly tense and the um, all of the sound design in all of mm. that is superb. The, the radio with the football game going on in the background, which is like, it, they make such a deal about it that you're like, there is no way that this is just a fucking, he just enjoys the footy. There's no way that like, that's the thing. Um, and then, yeah, that whole misdirection moment where he just parks the car amongst all of the, uh, the fucking footy fans, which by the way, very coincidental that he managed to find a free park, <laughs> a uh, completely fucking booked out, uh, obviously like final type game of uh, American football but you know what I'll let it slide <laughs> um, yeah wait that's that's kind of falling into CinemaSins territory but yes yeah yeah um, yes very nit uh, very nitpicky um, but then from there we go on into the fucking amazing opening which ah mm. oh, fucking the music the cinematography the fucking font and the colour yes so ah. Oh, it's so like Daft Punk. I love it's, it. Um, it's so so good. It's the the outrun styling is what that yeah. kind of subculture calls itself now. Named after the arcade game Outrun, where you drive a car into the sunset. Uh, oh. But yeah, that, that you're kind of nineties, eighties, extremely synthy music. Your yeah. neons. Um, which is also just reflected in a lot of the film, not all of it, but a lot of the mm. film has a extremely heavy, like teal, magenta, orange wash over everything. Tint. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which really, really spikes that up whenever they've got like some neon or something going off. It's like crazy out of this world. Yeah. Uh, yep. Whole kind of general thing, which I think, um, I think the film is meant to be set in like, modern day America. Mm. I don't think there's... Yeah. It, it's not like, yes, this is set in the 80s, 90s, and that's they, why everything's like this. Do they use cell phones? Um, my Yeah, my tip-off was Blanche has an iPhone, I'm pretty sure. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, the, the phones that uh, the driver uses are pretty... They're like... They're uh, like burner phones, phones right? you know. Yeah, yeah. They're, so it's kind of hard to tell either way. <clears throat> They're kind of nothing. Yep, but yep totally. Very 2011 type fair. Um, mm-hmm. The music, I oh, I fucking adore. I, I um, yeah. I so you got you got three key things there with the music. There's the general score. There's the real hero theme, which gets used during the you know, uh, the driver hang out with Irene and Benicio and then right at the end when you think he's fucking dead. Um, and then the other one was that really, well, I've got the soundtrack up here. It's really, really, um, I don't have it up. Hold on. I navigate it um, away. Oh, my love. i for it. Uh, oh, my love. The, uh, like, sort of operatic hero. one. A Real Hero was a one-hit wonder. Oh. Um, the, basically, the band just did A Real Hero and then that's it. Co- it's by like, College. Mm-hmm. Uh. They have no other songs, really. I think they have maybe one other song, but it's literally oh, just it? did A Real Hero and then Packed Up Shop. Um, is it? From what I found. is Are we talking about Electric Youth or College? Uh, whoever did A Real Hero. <laughs> Both. Which I well, think is it's Electric College... Youth. It's a real hero is college featuring electric youth. 
Oh. Um, College has six albums. Last one came out Mm. in 2017. Not that one. Electric Youth has three albums. Oh, okay. Well, maybe not then. (laughs) I don't know. I'm Um, talking smack. (laughs) I think it's, it's a real hero is good for the lyrics are pretty on the nose. But you can... Yes. But I think because it's so obvious, that's why you can make an argument about the driver's kind of headspace with it. Um, Because it's just like, it's here, babe. Like, I'm fucking telling you, you can't miss Mm. this. Uh, Mm. It's got a very strong kind of dreamlike feeling as well, especially like with the way that all those scenes are composed, where they're all got this really warm summary look to it um ryan yeah. gosling looks very the notebook because he yeah. actually is like sitting there smiling as he's like driving along uh yeah. it's uh i i think i like that it's it's a divergence from the music everywhere else but the other one uh was the yes the i think it's oh my love it's this kind of operatic one Right. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I operatic ish. Listen to the soundtrack on its own, which I want to though because it is mm. uh, superb. Cliff That's Martinez. Really good. Very so good work. The, the Oh My Love one is played during. Oh God! What scene? I should know this. <laughs> <laughs> John, very sadly, looks down to his notes. I think it's. I think it's when uh, he murders Nino. Right. Maybe. I think so. I thought that track was a bit more intense, but that might just be my... Um, it's. I'm literally... My, you're going to have to edit some stuff out. I'm literally bringing the film up right now. My uh, memory. Yeah, it is. Um, okay. And, it's, and it just completely covers the, the all the audio in that scene, basically, until Nino starts talking right at the end after, after he, like, hits the car and all that. Mm, and mm. I think that felt... A bit too dramatic. I don't know. It did that. Did feel a little off. Uh, did you Did you have any comments on that? Or yeah, that, well, it's ugh, it's like the film is trying to get. We're talking about Nino's moment, right? His death. Yeah. And the yeah, the score and everything. It felt like they were trying to give Nino a big send off. But for me, what I wanted was like the. I mean. Driver doesn't have a gun or anything, mm. but I wanted like a John Wick esque, you know, where the the uh, uh, spoilers for John Wick. Um, if you don't want to hear any spoilers about John Wick, jump forward it's thirty seconds. Now. Make it quick. Yes, yeah, jump forward like thirty seconds. The bit where John Wick like pulls a gun and just shoots the Russian kid in the face mm. when he's yeah. like, "No, wait, we could talk about," it. and he just goes boom and then just walks away. I yeah. wanted that because that is so like it's so. The way that that film does that moment is so like, ah, yes, fucking, oh, it that feels so good. That would have fit the driver character better as well, I think. Mm, mm. I think. It would have accentuated his, like, delve into insan- insanity, I guess. Not insanity, madness, I suppose. But it would have um, also fit kind of his kind of cold and mechanical way that he does all of his things mm, as well. Mm, like mm. How, the way that he, you know, drives and handles all that stuff rather than making a big deal about it he just he's yeah he almost is robotic in mm. the way that he just yeah gets the job done anyway um, all that being said those are the two kind of weird weird standout kind of tracks and everything else mm. is uh bar three tracks is cliff martinez doing yes once again very outrun music um not to out ourselves as horrific nerds again but it's a very hotline miami 
type mm. vibe. It's this. Mm. I wonder why this film is like Hotline Miami, Jonathan. Well, uh, what was it? Um, the director for Hotline uh, for Drive. Uh, I'll is say in it now because I have credits. it in the trivia. Drive 2011 was the inspiration for the incredibly popular indie game Hotline Miami, according to its creator Jonathan Soderstrom. There you go. Are you yep. happy now? I am. Well, I already knew this. I was going to say yeah, it regardless. Know. <laughs> I didn't look up any trivia. I just knew this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, you love you love Hotline Miami. Hotline Miami. Hotline Miami, and you love this film. Yeah, and and it's weird because there's not really any reason for it to necessarily be like that. It's kind of just a thematic, not like a stylistic choice. Sorry, not a thematic choice. Mm. He kind of just went you know i want the music to kind of be this way and kind of fit the aesthetic to that but mm. i don't know i thought it was wonderful i loved it <laughs> yeah it's just some very funky direction choices um the film gets very suddenly very graphic from mm. blanche getting her head blown off with the shotgun onward um it all gets incredibly uh graphic and i feel like gosling gets a bit of a mandy treatment in uh you know that sort of, yeah. the bit where he's got the shotgun and he's like peering around his shoulder out of the bathroom. We get that slow pan zoom on his face covered in blood. Yeah. I was just like, hey, it's Nicolas Cage and Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the exact same thing. Uh, that that was another scene where you're kind of reading his face and trying to get what he's, mm. what is kind of going through his head there. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I I've heard some thoughts that that's kind of where he realizes that you know he's a because because there is that kind of the good uh he's a bad guy line from when yes. he's watching tv yep. with benicio that i that i adore where he goes that that's the bad guy and he goes how can you tell um and he's a shark. yeah because he's a shark <laughs> <laughs> I, I a lot of people have well uh, kind of gone that's when you know he realizes that he's a fucking terrible person. And then he does go kind of crazy after that. But mm. it's still, you know, in character, very, uh, what's the word? Considered and, you know, that whole driver character kind of continues. He yeah. he starts to really snap um, when he is, when he has Cook at the strip club and like, mm. You can see he's like kind of shaking, and there's like sweat dripping off of him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, 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 I don't know. I, I can kind of see now that we've talked about it more where you were going, talking about like the basically the way that he expresses himself or or mm. lack thereof. His mm. his expressions are kind of mild, and maybe that's why Drive is a bit of a a meme cinephile you know, uh, 20, yeah. 25 year old film because it's a film that a lot of people project themselves onto because up until later in the film, it's a very blank slate. And yeah, then yeah. the film also kind of still, despite him being, you know, doing some pretty bad stuff, he's still very much depicted as a hero character by the end, which I, I don't have a massive issue with because, mm. you know, he's just got these horrible people who want to kill him 
basically yeah. and he's just doing yeah. it first and he's mm. kind of defending the woman he loves etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm. but we need someone to root for at the fucking end of it i mm. guess which mm. you know we've already kind of been passively rooting for the driver up until this point so it's like fuck it we might as well continue <laughs> um the the one most convincing part of mulligan's performance in the film is the bit where um, Driver is saying to her, you know, you can take the money and you can go and start a new life and then she just straight up fucking whacks him in the face. Mm. She nailed that. And then, like, the kind of, like, it, her, like, you know, like, messing around with her clothing and her hair and stuff, like, afterwards, it was like that. That was completely second nature. I almost did not have control of myself when I did that, but <laughs> I don't regret it. Yeah. Um, fucking really good. And then... Uh, we briefly covered it the elevator scene that follows afterwards um that whole scene is rather i will i will concede rather well orchestrated um the you know the light in the background i love the light i love the light yeah yeah it's all it's all very dreamy and um yeah very well very well presented and then that extreme juxtaposition afterwards of him bashing the dude's face in a little Mm -hmm. fucking ground of the elevator um, the shot kind of shot right at the end where he's all, you know, his hair's all fucked up and he's covered mm. in sweat and blood. And, and she's just kind of standing, she's standing there and she's kind of got this very innocent vibe to her, I guess, this kind of scared, innocent vibe as mm. the elevator doors close. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking, yeah, very, 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 really nice. Mm. Um, I wrote a note that was, Irene, you really know how to pick him. Fucking, <laughs> 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 you pick standard and he goes to jail and then you're like, oh, maybe this guy. I don't know his name, but, you know, <laughs> we seem to get along pretty well. We don't say that much, but we get along pretty all right. And then he bashes the dude's face in in the elevator. Oh, man, I really thought I was onto something mm. with this guy. Yeah. I did I did like the, the kind of, you can... It, it, it's less of a performance and more from his actions thing where... Yeah. He sees the guy with the gun and he goes, all right, this is the last time I'm ever going to see Irene. And that's why he kisses her and goes mm. like, I'm just going to have to fucking murderize this dude. I feel like mm. he could have done it cleaner, but maybe that's kind of a representation of his mental state at that point where he's it's manic. Just, it's just pure rage. Yeah. But- it's, it's manic for both. Like, I think being in love is a rather manic, um, uh, I think emotion. I think mm. uh, we've uh, a couple of the films that we've watched have briefly touched on the the you know I mean this is a bit of a fucking human nature thing, but the the concept of love and then like how manic can someone get with love? Can someone get to a point of being in love where you just you almost become disconnected from yourself and what you perceive your own personality and everything to be mm. to just being so yeah far removed from what you originally conceive what to be what is yourself because Mm. you're so yeah just deeply in love that it sends you fucking and you whoop whoop um that was probably the most uh stupidly deep i've got i i like that i like that deep i've gotten on the podcast (laughs) so far again coming back into um soundtrack and score mm-hmm. the choice of song for when he's uh going off to kill nino and he's like walking up to the pizzeria that song fucking haunting man i was like, just talking about this. this is the song i was talking about it's the operatic ones oh my love oh right right right, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
um uh yeah i fuck yeah i only just found that note for it which is why i'm kind of going through my notes sequentially here um yeah i completely agree fucking insanely good um, they they totally could have used like a downka 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 and like put heaps of like wicked synths and shit just behind like, yeah, it. Yeah, just leaned straight into the whole synthy eighties. Yeah, vibe. and again, like the 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 madness of it, they really could have like sent that to the high fucking heavens. But I think it, it the madness is almost sent higher by choosing that song because it's so it's so beautiful and so angelic that it, yeah, completely juxtaposed it. Again, I think this film really thrives in juxtaposition. Mm. It really, it loves going, here's one end of the spectrum, here's the complete fucking polar opposite of that spectrum. Mm. Um, be it visually, audio, fucking acting-wise, you know, it does that a lot, um, which I like. I think that's really cool. Hmm. I, um... Uh, in the opening scene, they've got that. It's just like this thumping, kind of you know, reminiscent of a heartbeat almost thing, and it's only there in the the super tense waiting scenes, mm. and isn't there when they're actually in the car chase. Mm. So it's all there until uh, I think I think a car catches them, and then the helicopter. No, it's a helicopter first, and then a car catches mm. them, and. Uh, as soon as the helicopter goes, it's just like I think it cuts the music out completely, and it's just like the second the second car heist has no music. I remember I wrote that down. Hmm. Um, the one where they've uh, got the the tinted window car, yeah, um, chasing Which is, them. You see tinted window car, and you're immediately like, "That's I... not good." Uh, um, yeah, that whole sequence doesn't have any soundtrack to it, which I, as as is the general rule for me on here on the 250, <laughs> any sequence that feels like it should have music and then doesn't, I love it. <laughs> I, I, uh, I didn't like the second chase as much as the first one. I don't understand why he was driving reverse. What was the point of that? Fucking show off, he drives in reverse know? and then he like kind of turns off and then that causes he, the other car to like understeer and smash into the barrier. He whips it. Yeah, yeah. That's I think it, uh, maybe it was like a misdirection kind of thing. Maybe. Like, you know, I'm driving in reverse, so that's going to wig you out, and then I'm going to fucking handbrake the whip the shit out of the car and get out of Dodge, and then while you're recovering from me doing that, you're going to slam into the barrier? I don't know. I think the reactions of the driver and Blanche in that are significantly more interesting than the fight is, where totally. Blanche is yeah. just absolutely tweaking just freaking the fuck out Um, especially because blanche is set up as this you know like cold kind of chick in mm. the in the setup for the heist you know the the uh, dude in like that adidas jumpsuit points over to her and she's is she is she smoking a cigarette or something um Um, i think so i don't know she's either smoking a cigarette or like uh she's got bubble gum or something like that and she just looks completely nonplussed and kind Mm. of like whatever and then you get her in the car when shit's hitting the fan and she's like, oh my God! <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very yeah, good. Very yeah, yeah. It's, it's a shame that's not... Because that opening is just... Juxtaposition! <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. I, I just... I wish the chase itself had been a had bit... Had a bit more oomph. And it also doesn't follow the... I don't think... Um, the, 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 the opening chase is set entirely inside the car. Um, the camera is yeah. always inside the car. Mm. That doesn't happen yep. in the second one. They cut outside as the, you know, to show the cars bumping up. I don't know. I, mm. it, 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 
I feel like that was probably my biggest complaint. I really didn't vibe with that car chase. I think they could have done a lot more with it. Mm. Even if you kind of but- wanted to put this kind of frantic, mm. you know, driver loses cool type vibe to it, I think you could have done that better. Totally. There's, uh, I mean, I can't help but make comparisons to other car chases that I've watched. Mm. Um, and uh, ones that come to mind, obviously, the opening sequence of Baby Driver is fucking insane. Um, and then uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, a lot of the car chases in that are obviously two very different films, very <laughs> different from what Drive is setting out to achieve. I completely acknowledge that. But yeah, if you're going to do that then yeah you should approach it correctly rather than just going hey hey, some shots of the car Mm, car goes backwards Mm." like it did kind of feel a bit like that like it was Mm. just doing it for the sake of doing it um whereas a lot of baby driver's stunts fallout stunts they had reasoning behind them actually doing those stunts you know there was actual uh context behind those yeah. stunts i think so, that's why yeah. the first one succeeds as well he's kind of totally this cool cool cucumber he's just evading the police he's not doing anything more complicated than that it's not it's it's not a chase to outrun it's just a chase to get to cover basically yeah uh, yep. to escape Hang into the it. crowd mm. um mm. i i think my other kind of more important note um that i've got here is the kind of introduction of Standard as a character is really weird. Well, not weird, sorry. It's interesting. You kind of... Uh, did you feel like when you first get that character, you're kind of like... Because he's in prison, you feel like he's a worse dude than he actually is. Um, yeah. And which sort of goes back and forth because... Um, well, anyway. So, your first thing is he's in prison. He's a bad guy. And my brain was immediately like, wait, why the fuck am I thinking that? Because, like, the driver does the exact same shit. He's just a getaway driver. He, like, aids and abets criminals. Um, Mm. And then the film sort of backtracks on that because there's, like, when he picks her up at a... He he picked Irene up at a party when she was 17. Underage, And you're like, ooh. Okie dokie, yeah. I'm not going to think about that one too long. Mm. I... The, the flip-flopping there is weird. I, mm. I don't, and then I don't the know. fact he's like, and then one year later, you popped out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the film is not entirely, you know, the reason that he's in trouble is a good reason. He was, it was yep. just protection money for while he was in prison. Um, mm. Or a caring reason for his wife and child, you know. Yep. It, yeah, it was... I don't know. You 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 do he does a very good job of this guy with his back to the wall. Yes. Yeah. Uh and he's just trying to kind of make it out. Um yeah. but he's not he's Oscar, not really in the film not. for that long. That's the real trick. No, he's not. Yeah, yeah. And um mm, it's I appreciate that he's not in the film for that long because him dying sets up some relatively interesting obstacles for both mm. The driver and Irene and um, everything else. Benicio, it's, it's, the, yeah. it's the driving force for everything else in the film. Basically. Totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the um, the catalyst for the rest of the event of mm. events to to follow. Um, yeah, becomes it becomes uh, like Mandy, but rather than revenging 
his dead wife, he's re- revenging his lover's dead husband. Yeah. <laughs> or his love's dead husband. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's weird. It's weird. Mm. Oh, I hate this shit. I hate when I have a film I fucking adore and then you watch it and you go, what about these legitimate criticisms? And I'm like, could you you shut the fuck up and just let me enjoy the film, you bastard? Did it it to Scott Pilgrim as well. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, I did it to myself. You did to yourself? I fucking love Scott Pilgrim. And then I went and looked at it a little more critically and cynically and I went, ah, fuck. (laughs) Um, I think, yeah, I think we've covered most of what I wanted to say. I think mm-hmm. um, uh, I still music-wise love this, visually love yeah. this, stylistically yeah. big fan of it. Um, the- I'm not going to come back to it. I will say that I'm I'm happy mm-hmm. with just the one watch through. I will probably watch it again, but not anytime that's, soon. That's especially your own bloody agenda. Especially with the number of bloody films we've got. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I still like it. I think the bigger failing of the slow pace and everything is the facial acting of it's just direction man Mm. it's all in the fucking direction like Mm. so many of the issues that i have are all tie back into nicholas winding reference direction but there's a lot of really clever direction as well oh absolutely yeah yeah there's so many things where like they wouldn't have happened if nicholas winding reference wasn't directing it but there's an equal part of cons that come with it this is another Mm. one of those films where i go why isn't this in the 250 and uh, there's yeah a lot of things that i can point to where i go this 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 and this but interesting as i said in the intro that doesn't take away from the film i think it's still yeah very good Hmm. well yes jonathan douglas yes jonathan do we we have any uh do you have any trivia for the boys and girls i do um i got a fair bit for this one Um, i found some interesting um uh, tidbits. Hmm. Ryan Gosling replaced Hugh Jackman for this film. Replaced Hugh Jackman. Uh huh. That- Jonathan has a very confused face. <laughs> Try and imagine Drive, but with Hugh Jackman now. <laughs> what do you think? I think. I think for all you can say about the kind of. Uh, blank face, quiet character thing. Um, I don't think you that character works with anyone with. but Ryan Gosling. Yeah, like yeah. it's a very Ryan Gosling thing. Well, maybe maybe the film was actually different before Gosling came on board. Potentially, that's my that's my bet. Is that potentially? Hugh Jackman went, I can't do it, and then Gosling came in, and then Winding Refn went, oh. Okay. Mm. I see how you work. Do you know the story of how um, Ryan ended up on the film? Uh, Very briefly, but do you do you want to... You might know more than me. Oh, if you got written down, then you might... um, You might have a a more accurate representation than the thing I looked up last night whilst extremely (laughs) tired. (laughs) Um, I didn't pick it up because i didn't find it to be that interesting but i can definitely (laughs) go and get it uh there was basically they had i think it was nicholas and ryan were having just kind of a meeting and uh, this is like pretty high up winding winding whiffed on the meeting um, yes he was like sick and kind of like weird and delirious Mm. and um 
And then as they were driving, he started like singing along to a song and like crying because it was like, that was like his idea for the film. (laughs) And that's kind of how they gelled. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Nicholas Winding Refn almost didn't get the job and the film might not have happened. Ryan Gosling and Refn have both talked about their terrible initial meeting. Refn was sick and delirious, which Gosling interpreted as a lack of interest. During the car ride home, REO Speedwagon came on the radio and Refn started singing along and bawling, then turned to Gosling and said, quote, The movie is about a guy who drives around LA at night listening to pop songs, end quote. If that song hadn't come on the radio, the movie might not have happened. Wow. Yeah, so. it's it's a weird it's a weird bit of trivia, but I am wondering how guy. Hugh Jackman kind of links in there. What what yeah, was going yeah. on with Hugh, Hugh Jackman then? Mm. Mm. Yeah, how does he uh, kind of become a part of that? Who fucking knows? Uh, the driver and Irene actually say very little to each other, primarily because really, primarily because Ryan Gosling and Kerry Mulligan felt that their scenes should be more focused on the mood and refused to say many of the scripted lines. Mulligan uh. summarized making the film as quote staring longingly at Ryan Gosling for hours each day. Yeah, yeah, I'm into that. I can stare longingly at Ryan Gosling, and I will. Yeah, sure. <laughs> mm. After Ryan Gosling and Nicholas Winding Refn removed much of the driver's dialogue, Brian Cranston felt that his character Shannon should make up for the lack of talking in the film, and thus made Shannon a motormouth. Much of his dialogue is improvised. I love that. I really, really love that. And and the the contrast there is wonderful. He's only fucking Brian Cranston, man. Yeah, yeah. He, he fucking ugh, the way he thinks about acting and stuff. Ugh, I love him so much. <laughs> Ron Perlman won the role of Nino after explaining to Nicholas Winding Refn that he wanted to play, quote, a Jewish man who wants to be an Italian gangster because that's what he is, a Jewish boy from New York. Ah, yeah. Okay. So, fair enough. You know what, Perlman? You do what you want to do. Brian Cranston was one of the first actors that Nicholas Winding Refn looked to cast, as he was a fan of Breaking Bad. Wasn't fucking everyone. Knowing Cranston had other opportunities, Winding Refn tried to interest him by, to- by asking how he would like to develop the role. After not hearing back, Winding Refn called him at the very same time that Cranston was writing on a piece of paper the pros and cons of doing the film. Moved by Winding Refn's interest, he accepted the part. Oh, that's nice. Sweet. Hmm. Despite the driving storyline, director Nicholas Winding Refn does not have any interesting cars. He doesn't hold a driving license and has failed his driving test eight fucking times. <laughs> it's really not a, a car person car movie, is it? No, not really. No. Uh, and uh, continuing on from that, uh, despite the elaborate and realistic images of Los Angeles, Nicholas Winding Refn had no knowledge of the city. Refn spent most of the time with Ryan Gosling to get to know the city. Fucking Refn seems wildly unqualified to, <laughs> to be doing this context film. But you what know what? What's he done? It's oh, he fine. did the Neon Demon. Yeah. Mm. Oh, interesting. And uh, what is it? It's like the... I think it's called like the Punisher trilogy or something like that. Uh, Pusher. Um, Pusher trilogy. Oh, Pusher. That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Punisher. I just added in a couple of letters and called it a day. <laughs> um, uh, as already discussed, fucking Hotline Miami was an inspiration... Uh, I mean, Drive was an inspiration for Hotline Miami. Ding. Wing bomb boom. Uh, although this is a quiet crime thriller, the trailers gave the impression that it was a car chase film like the Fast and Furious films. One woman even sued because she did not get that sort of film. 
Um, maybe that's why, because I've... So, I looked at a bunch of stuff from... So, sorry. My initial um, impression, the reason I first watched this film was because they reviewed it on Red Letter Media on Half in the Bag. Um, and that was back in 2011. That was... They watched it in the theater. Um, it was fresh, and, yeah. And there was also... Uh, uh, oh God! Um, Chris Stockman did a video on it in like 2012. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I'm sort of wondering if maybe there was like a critic pushback because the audience didn't understand it. Like the audience didn't like it for all the wrong reasons. I think the reasons that we've discussed are some legitimate criticisms, but the audience went, "Oh, it's it's Fast and the Furious with Ryan Gosling." Uh, which yeah. is not and never was going to be. Mm. So yeah, m- mm. yeah, that could that could be a reason why I saw so much positive stuff. I don't know. Could be, yeah. Mm. Might might have struck a chord with it. Well, I think, I, I is, think the is the letter is the letterbox like kind of consensus still like pretty good? It is the average for it is four stars. So okay, yeah. So that's still not bad. Yeah. Yeah. The, the highest, like, the most people give it four stars, mm. um, which is probably about what I would give it, I think. Um, in an interview for this film, Ryan Gosling stated that he, quote, always wanted to act out a superhero role, but the good ones were taken. The driver character is a something of a superhero type character with the scorpion jacket as a costume. Gosling later turned down the role of Batman in Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice due to his no-sequel rule, which I didn't actually know that he had. He has uh, a... Which is a fucking very good idea for an actor, I think, to just constantly keep yourself doing something fresh and new. Um, is, yeah, fucking set a no-sequel rule. No sequels. Pretty Not wide caps. range. Like, if you look at his... I don't know what Blue Valentine's about, but his four known fours on IMDb. You've got La La Land... Uh, yep. you've got, which is about, is it about dances? I'm assuming it's uh, about it's, dances. It's, it's a musical film. Yeah. Yeah. Blue Valentine is about a relationship. Drive is about crime and Blade Runner is sci-fi. So yeah. he's got a range. Versatile. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And he plays, he also plays a very good character in um, The Nice Guys, which is equally as, uh, versatile. he shows a lot of his comedy chops in The Nice Guys, which makes me really happy. Right. Cause he can actually be quite a good comedic actor, I think. He just needs the right role for it. Um, hmm. Most of the licensed songs, such as Night Call by Kavinsky and A Real Hero by College, were released between 2007 and 2011, despite their retro feel, which completely fucked me up. <laughs> I was convinced that A Real Hero was like an 80s or a 90s song. I was like, this, I was like, man, like, I love that they're using this, you know, retro song. And then, you know, went and looked it up and I was like, oh, shit. I've, I've listened to some other music by Electric Youth already, so I was not. Uh, you I was not yeah. surprised by this. Eat yeah. shit, Douglas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, if I can consider myself uh, learned. <laughs> Driver references the fable of the scorpion and the frog. A frog agrees to carry a scorpion across the river if the scorpion promises not to sting the frog. The scorpion does promise, but halfway across the river, he stings the frog anyway, saying, quote, It's my nature, and they both drown. Driver can be seen as the frog of the story. He drives car- he drives or carries criminals, scorpions, around in his car, but is inevitably dragged into their destructive world, stung, leading to everybody's downfall. 
Driver's jacket has a scorpion on the back, just as the frog carried the scorpion on its back. Oh. A big okay, yeah, Because I always took it as him being the he scorpion. He was the scorpion. No. And no. it's in his nature to hurt other people. Well, hey, look, hey, no, 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 no. Don't just nope me, no. you fucking dick. No. no. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. No. <laughs> no, you're wrong. Next time I see you, you're in big fucking trouble. <laughs> no, you're wrong. Your opinion's wrong. <laughs> it's no. No. You're incorrect. Is he the one that gets hurt or is it Irene? Is it the people Sorry? around him? Is, it he, is he the one that gets hurt or is it the people around him? Huh? Uh, huh? Yeah, that's what I thought. Go to the next <laughs> trivia, you fucking piece of shit. That's it. That's all I have. <laughs> oh, good ending. <laughs> <laughs> really strong stuff. Good stuff. Good funny, stuff. Funny stuff. Um, um, well, if you enjoyed this episode of the 250 <laughs> podcast, we put out an episode every week, uh, midnight uh, Eastern Standard Time, Sydney Time, uh, which comes out to about uh, afternoon on a Monday, uh, Europe Time, and morning on a Monday, America Time. If you want to contact us directly, you can email us at mail at 250.com. Uh, and you can also check out our Instagram at 250pod. That's T-W-O-F-I-V-E-O-H-P-O-D. Douglas, where can they listen to us? You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Podcast Addict, Pocket Casts, Google Home, Amazon Echo, and Amazon Music, or wherever good podcasts are sold. Um, we both have personal letterboxed accounts where we put up reviews and write little lists of the films that we've watched. Uh, my letterbox account is Upa. I was true to my word in the last episode. Yeah. I went through, I reviewed like... 15 fucking movies yeah. I think in yeah, like you like fully caught up yeah I, I not well I haven't done this one so I gotta do that mm. um, but mm. I did little haikus they're very bad um, but now I can actually say that I do them and yeah. I can start looking into haiku theory again and try and work out how to make them less bad uh, which was the one? Oh, I did Rocky. I was extremely proud yeah, of myself with my Rocky, Rocky one yeah, where, yeah. I, where I did uh, I think it was what a way to learn that the eye of the tiger is in Rocky Four, <laughs> <laughs> um, and Douglas, uh, where can people check out your reviews? Did you even say what your? It's Upa. It's U U U P A H. I don't know. I right. actually did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just wanted just wanted to double 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 check <laughs> that for you. Probably uh, fair enough. <laughs> mine is I E N Z O K N I G H T. That's the Enzo Knight. Oh, Matt Johnson said here he writes haikus. I write more condensed versions of what I talk about here on the 250 as well as anything else I forgot to mention as well as any other films that I'm watching. I'm trying to keep myself more active in watching other cinema outside of the 250, keeping my um, horizons broad. Uh, I most recently watched Shazam because mm-hmm. I've been meaning to check that out. Um, and The Nice Guys, and I, which we uh, also stars Ryan Gosling, and I briefly talked about it here. Kind of want to add The Nice Guys into the bonus snubs, because I really fucking like that film. It's very good. I'd be, I'd be happy um, to do that if you think it's good enough. Totally. Uh, Shazam was completely fine. It, yeah, okay. It, it's... Uh, we got a yeah. three-star review here, guys. Mm, mm. It's, mm. yeah. It's, it's um, Shazam. I'll be interested to see what they do next, I will say that. Um, and the dude, the dude who fucking directed it, directs horror films. So, like, he's only ever directed oh. horror films. Yeah, so, yeah. 
it fucking it's whack that he remember. got the billing to be like you're directing a superhero movie and there was there was like a couple of shots in it where i was like this is like straight out of a horror film there's one uh uh i mean very minor spoilers for shazam 2019 coming up here <laughs> gang um there's this one bit where there's like this frosted glass like you know administration meeting room glass thing mm-hmm. you know how they have like frosted glass to like cover a meeting room or a boardroom yeah yeah and there's a bunch of people dying in like the the frosted glass room and the receptionist is slowly walking towards the door and then all of the people that are dying in there slam themselves up against the frosted glass and are like crying for help and everything and then they just get like wiped and swept off the fucking frosted glass thing like it's straight out of a horror film but i was like oh that's so good i cannot believe they fucking put this shit in basically a kid's film that's very weird (laughs) so good hmm very interesting um, to see those two kind of worlds clash. It was very cool. I've got a, I've got a. What have I been? What, I really haven't watched anything outside. I think of I the mentioned it before. Five. Yeah, I've just been so fucking busy. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta make an app. I gotta make a website. <laughs> I gotta build an AI at the moment. Like fucking uni, dude. Jeez. Busy, busy boy. Busy, um, busy boy. I've got I've got some other stuff on my watch list as well that I want to watch um, removed of the the two five zero. There's um mm. there's this one film fucking uh, I think it's by that same director or I think we might have talked about him before. Um, Gaspar Noé. Um, he did this mm. film called Climax in 2018, okay. and okay. it's about a young dan- a group of young dancers. And they all get in this young, in this um, empty school building to rehearse um, their fucking performance or whatever. And then they have a celebration afterwards. And the sangria is laced with LSD. And then the whole fucking film just turns into like this LSD trip. Oh. Which I'm like, that sounds really interesting to me. That, like, that concept hasn't been explored in Mandy featuring Nicolas Cage. <laughs> But dancers, though. <laughs> dancers tripping on LSD. That sounds fucking sick. The, the, um, the, the one that's come up first on your watch list, Irreversible. Which is also by Gaspar Noé. Um, oh. And is apparently equally as fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently there is an extremely graphic rape scene that I yeah. will not be watching. Mm, mm-hmm. Again, a lot of these films I just want to check out for the sake of like... I can say that I've checked them out, you know? Mm. Um, there's a lot of Shia LaBeouf stuff I want to check out, a lot of Robert Pattinson, because those two guys I've kind of been keeping on my radar more recently. Um, I feel like Shia LaBeouf has kind of had a bit of a resurgence in terms of his, uh, his I don't know, skills, technique. I don't know. Hmm. Um, yeah, some interesting ones I want to check out. Unfortunately, they're all very long, so <laughs> I need to really like set aside some time and um, smash them out. Hmm. I like this. This possessor one looks interesting. Yeah, possessor concept. looks fucking metal. A lot of the a lot of the ones on my watch list look relatively fucking like it. It'll fuck your day up. Like mm. you're gonna watch it and then your day is fucked. So I kind of have to make sure that I watch it where I can just go to bed and you know pass out. <laughs> Yeah, I might leave that one to you. Um, <laughs> I've still got to watch um, uh, Deus Ex Machina. That's on my. That's been on my list for a long time. Deus Ex Machina. 
Yeah, that's um. I think isn't I it, that, isn't that it was just Oscar Ex Oh, maybe it is Ex Machina. Yes, sorry. It's Deus Ex Machina is the Vidian game. No, that's Deus um, Ex. Deus Ex Machina is a concept. You bastard. Oh, that's true. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> you are correct. Um, yes, Oscar Isaac. Um, which has hmm. a that's got a four on letterboxed as well. Actually, hmm. I've never really thought about. God, uh, do you want to stop the podcast? We're just uh, fucking yeah. jabbering now. Uh, we get yeah, Jesus. Uh, this is the, pa- this is the Patreon bonus content. You look forward to seeing you real soon. Get out of here. See you guys. We're done with you. <laughs>